Hello, my Rebels. It's been the end of a roller coaster week. On Sunday, we, I guess the week starts Sunday, we were in Montreal where the police tried to raid our Airbnb. On Monday, YouTube suspended us for a week on false pretenses. And here we are on Friday, but you know what? I think we're going to be okay. And I'll explain to you why and, and what we've learned this week. Very interesting week. I have a little bit of hope in me. Anyways, uh, before I get to that, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. It's the video version of this podcast. And I got to tell you, today, in addition to uh, the story of the week that was and an interview with Spencer Fernando about Aaron O'Toole's new carbon tax, we actually have a special uh, last half of the show. We have the half-hour masterpiece of our visit to Montreal on the police radar on our Airbnb. I think you'll be able to, to get most of it on the podcast, but I tell you, it really is a visual experience to show the 50 cops, to show them trying to bust into our Airbnb, to show them manhandling David Menzies. So please consider becoming a Rebel News Plus subscriber where you get the video version of the podcast. You'll see it. It's eight bucks a month or 80 bucks for the whole year. You get this podcast in video form, Plus a show from David Benzies, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and Andrew Chapados. Eight bucks a month or 80 bucks for the whole year. Just go to rebelnews.com and click subscribe. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, you know what? I think we're going to be okay. It's April 16th, and this is the Ezra LeVant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. What a week. I guess weeks technically start on Sundays, right? So we were in Montreal and we had just been through one of the most stressful events you can imagine. We were there with 17 of our rebel staff to join up with our local Montrealer, Yankee Pollock, who had been harassed by police for weeks just for reporting on their heavy-handed lockdowns. Well, when police detected where we were staying on an Airbnb that was actually a houseboat moored in the uh, old port, they raided the place, demanding to rifle through all our reporters' rooms suitcases yeah no get a warrant here's a sample of how that went come back with a warrant and close the door for god's sakes show some manners i need somebody to be responsible for the boat i don't now you have him over there go get a warrant go get a warrant no, I need my medicine. Okay, go with your friend now. Go. Why? Why are you pushing go, me? Go, why are you go, pushing please. me? I'm not pushing you. Go, sir. Go, sir, please. Do not touch her, please. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, They will taser you. They have already arrested one of our reporters after physically assaulting him. This is the police brutality. Yeah, we have come here to observe. And here they come. Crooked cops. Corrupt cops. You're pushing me with the bicycle. Are you kidding me? This battle will take us years to fix. What the police did to us today must see its day in court. I'll be there. If you can give us the tools, we'll do the job. Please go to lockdownreports.com. It was very dramatic, very tense. I was very mad. And more than any of that, I was very sad to see the rule of law destroyed so casually by Canada's second largest municipal police force. The most shocking moment was when they arrested our friend David Menzies, took him to jail, but then told our lawyer that they'd let David free if we just agreed to let the police search our rooms without a warrant. They basically used him as a hostage. What a terrible day. But after 10 hours of trying, they couldn't find a judge to give him a search warrant. So they just released David and, and left the scene. How bizarre. At the end of today's show, I'm going to tack on a 30-minute video 
of that whole weekend. It's very dramatic, and I was very mad. I don't know if I've ever been angry in my life, and you will hear some swearing, including a swear from me, but I want you to see what it was like that day. So that's going to be the end of the show today instead of letters. So that was weekend. Then came Monday. And after work on Monday, we get a note from YouTube that they're suspending us just because. And for a week, they were banning us from uploading any videos to the platform or having any live stream, just cutting us off from 1.45 million YouTube subscribers. And their excuse was laughable. It was because of a video from me, an excerpt of my monologue back in early January when all the social media companies had banned Donald Trump on the same day. Here's the first couple of minutes of that, just to show you what they claimed was a reason to suspend our whole channel. Look at this post by Mark Zuckerberg, the boss of Facebook. The shocking events of the last 24 hours clearly demonstrate that President Donald Trump intends to use his remaining time in office to undermine the peaceful and lawful transition of power to his elected successor, successor Joe Biden. Now, that is an opinion, and it could even be an honest or a reasonable opinion. Maybe it's even the majority opinion. But it's not what Donald Trump or his spokesman have actually said. They've specifically said that Trump will, in fact, accept the final result and assist in the peaceful transition of power. I mean, you don't have to believe him, but that's what Trump says. So Zuckerberg is entitled to his opinions about the future or entitled to his speculation about what's going on in Trump's mind, but those are just speculations. I mean, it's his opinion. But then Zuckerberg said this. His decision to use his platform to condone rather than condemn the actions of his supporters at the Capitol building has rightly disturbed people in the U.S. and around the world. We removed these statements yesterday because we judged that their effect and likely their intent would be to provoke further violence. But, but he didn't do that. I mean, that's what he said as a matter of record. I mean, I, I saw the video. I think we showed it last night. Uh, here's what he said. It's, it's only a minute long. Take a look. I know your pain. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel, but go home and go home in peace. The thing is, uh, you can't see that video anymore. You can't see what Trump actually said now. You have to take Zuckerberg's word for it, his interpretation of it, because he doesn't actually quote Trump, does he? You can't watch that for yourself on Twitter, where it was also deleted. And Instagram is owned by Zuckerberg, so it's deleted there too. I mean, it's only an inch away from Google banning searches for the White House website itself. These are your new rulers, by the way. It's not Joe Biden, it's these guys. If they can rule Trump, they can rule you too. You know, you can still see what Nicolas Maduro, the tyrant of Venezuela, has to say on Twitter. Same thing with the Ayatollahs of Iran or China's countless government propagandists on Twitter. By the way, you can't even access Twitter in those countries, but Twitter lets those tyrants use their forum to attack America and the West. If mighty Donald Trump, who is still president, who is a billionaire who received close to 70, 80 million votes, if he can be silenced by some nerdy twerp in Silicon Valley, everyone can be. They said that violated the rule against claiming there had been massive fraud in the U.S. presidential election. But I didn't say that in that video. I wasn't talking about that at all. I was talking about tech companies banning Trump 
My argument was that if big tech companies could censor Trump, a, a sitting president, a billionaire, the most powerful man in the world, then they could silence anyone. And how ironic that came true. So that was a shock, obviously a, a stitch up, as they say. I didn't say anything or show anything on that video that wasn't shown by nearly every news station in the world, including all those news stations' YouTube channels. This was just YouTube coming in for the kill. Who knows why they're opaque, they're secretive. Unlike a government prosecutor, YouTube doesn't have to give you a warning or notice or an appeal. They don't have to be fair or consistent. They can kill you for any reason or no reason, even if you have spent six years building up your company on their platform, trans translation, building up their platform, adding 1.45 million people to YouTube's customer base and earning them millions of dollars in ads. But they're tired of us being conservatives, so they're coming to kill us. I don't know if it's related to that U.S. Navy intelligence spying on us or Stephen Gilbo and his explicit plans to censor social media and his rush to do so before Trudeau's election this summer. Could be. Or it could just be radicals at YouTube headquarters in San Francisco, the most extreme left-wing city in North America, telling us what we can or can't think. So I was a bit depressed when I was heading home on Monday night, but here it is Friday now, and you know what? I mean, I still think it's unfair. I still think it's outrageous. I think it's a stitch-up. But even if they do flatten us, completely nuke us, I think we're going to survive. The 30-minute Montreal story we're going to show you later that was published by us on a competing company to YouTube called Rumble. Rumble is actually based here in Canada. It has major channels from other conservatives on it, including Donald Trump Jr., Dan Bongino, Dinesh D'Souza, and others. So far... That video I mentioned from Montreal has received more than 20,000 views on that Rumble channel. I think it'll probably have double that over time. It probably would have closer to 50,000 views on YouTube right now and probably hit 100,000. But seriously, that's not bad for a first effort on Rumble. And incredibly, now that we've switched our daily live stream from YouTube to this Rumble thing, I noticed something else. Like I say, we have 1.45 million YouTube subscribers, but it always puzzled me why our typical daily live stream only had about 1,500 people on it, or, or pretty much exactly 0.1%, one in a thousand of our subscribers. Is it really true that people sign up for Rebel News on YouTube, click subscribe, get a notification about our live stream, and really only one in a thousand wants to watch? Really? That doesn't sound right. Because we're only been live streaming with Rumble for a few days, and we have the same number of viewers. We had about 1,700 today, and we only have 14,000 subscribers on Rumble now. I think YouTube has probably been suppressing us all along. Why not? They've been demonetizing us and downranking us in YouTube searches. So what a pleasure to be on an honest platform like Rumble, but that's not the only one. There's another YouTube competitor out there called Odyssey spelt a bit differently, and it looks a little bit like YouTube. And we haven't properly checked out all its features yet, but it's interesting in that it's based on blockchain technology, which is the secret sauce behind Bitcoin and the whole cryptocurrency movement. That means it's pretty much impossible to detonate. It's distributed, as they say. It's the opposite of centralized. So blockchain videos, it's not all in one place that can be deleted easily. And the site uses a cryptocurrency token called library. That's what it's called. It's a kind of currency called library. It's for commerce done, done amongst its members. So the site uses crypto. So whereas on YouTube, people can give us a tip in, in Canadian dollars or American dollars, on uh, Odyssey, they can give us a tip in this cryptocurrency called library. I think it's worth 23 cents for a library token. I'm still learning about it. It's stretching my mind a bit. It feels like I'm in the matrix or something. If I were 20 years younger, maybe I'd understand it a bit more. But their emphasis is on freedom, if you didn't notice. And there's one more thing. The executives of both Rumble and Odyssey, here's the neat part, they reached out to us to offer us their help when they heard about YouTube suspending. Can you believe that? Talk about opposite day, right? Instead of being beaten up and harassed by YouTube, we were wooed and supported and encouraged. That felt new. And I should say there's another new video company that's about to launch with an explicitly anti-censorship architecture. I'll keep you posted about that one too. I don't want to steal their thunder. They're going to announce it uh, soon enough themselves. So here we are, the end of the week. We're half done our YouTube jail term. Remember, it was our first strike, so we're being suspended for one week. And you know what? We're not dead.
Our videos are being watched. Our website is very busy. Our loyal supporters still support us. I want to stay on YouTube because there's no other way for us to connect with our 1.45 million subscribers. But then again, as I mentioned with the live stream statistics earlier, maybe we're not even being allowed to connect with our YouTube subscribers to begin with, right? What a joke YouTube has become. How far they've fallen from their former motto of their corporate parent, Google. You know, Google owns YouTube. Their, their motto used to be, don't be evil. It's hard to believe that the founder of Google was a refugee from the Soviet Union with all of their political censorship. YouTube used to be about freedom, how they've fallen, eh? But you know what? We get knocked down, but we get up again. That's what we do at Rebel News. We never stop fighting for free speech, against censorship, against cancel culture, and for all the other things we care about. And that's thanks to you, our loyal viewers. position consistently and to work with the provinces and collaborate on their plans to get emissions down over time and to work on sectors like transportation and others where we can find more efficient cost-saving ways that actually reduce emissions. I've been talking about this for several years. The only candidate in this race that has a detailed plan on how to do it and how to get pipelines built and our company, country's economy back on track. So I have the blue pen. Yeah, absolutely. Do the honors. Yes, please do. Oh, great. I think we'll do this. I can't okay, shake sure. your hand. There and you go. That video of Aaron O'Toole, the Conservative Party of Canada leader, signing a Taxpayers Federation pledge to scrap the carbon tax, that was less than a year ago. But alas, yesterday, O'Toole rolled out his own carbon tax, but it's different, you see. He calls it a carbon levy, so it's not the same at all. Well, the reaction from Conservatives, including from the Taxpayers Federation is exactly what you'd predict. There was an added twist of the knife, though. Most Conservative MPs did not know about this carbon levy from their leader until they read about it in the CBC. You see, Aaron O'Toole leaked his plan to the CBC, a state broadcaster that is actually still suing the Conservatives before he even briefed his own MPs. Well, one of the best pundits Critics and columnists in the country is our friend Spencer Fernando, and his column on this is just brutal. Headline, Betrayal. Aaron O'Toole introduces carbon tax plan, would take your money, put it under the control of Bay Street-run elitist consortium, and have government tell you what you're allowed to spend it on. That's exactly right, and Spencer joins us now via Skype from Winnipeg. Spencer, great to see you. You nailed it. It's a tax by any other name, but the weird part is the money from the tax is going to be spent only on companies and products that some corporate board approves of. This is crazy. Yeah, I almost felt like, you know, maybe did I wake up and April Fool's was today? I mean, like, what's going on here? Uh, it's, it's basically the worst idea you could think of from really any party, but especially from a conservative party. I mean, imagine if Jagmeet Singh came out and said, this is my policy, right? This is my environmental policy. People would say, well, this seems like a pretty big government approach. I mean, you're not even trusting people with their own money. You're saying you can only spend your money that we tax away from you on a government approved list of items, right? So, oh, that's pretty big government coming from the NDP. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's the conservatives doing yeah. that. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, so it's just, it's, you know, it's almost, I mean, I wrote a lot about it yesterday, but at this point, I'm almost at a loss for words. I mean, it's just objectively a horrendous idea. And to think that O'Toole sprung that on his own people without telling them and now expects them to go back to their constituents and party members and sell it. I mean, that's just stupidity. Yeah. You know, the tax part is bad enough. It's an attack on the resource producing sectors of the economy and the resource using sectors of the economy. I mean, a farmer can't just stop combining his fields you know, 30, you know, reduce combining your th field by 30%. It just doesn't work that way. But I actually think by far the worst part of this isn't even the tax. It's the part that, as you say, 
the government chooses what you can or can spend that levy on. And imagine all the lobbying, all the corporate scheming for, well, my product is green, so it should be allowed to access this massive pool of capital. Because basically, you're going to have hundreds of millions, actually hundreds of billions of dollars in this green scheme that they're comparing to like an Air Miles loyalty card, but you can only spend it on the things that are approved by the government. Imagine every business saying, well, you've got to approve ours and you can't approve our competitors. And it's, it's, and by the way, this is all in some electronic system, which would have to be as big as Amazon to track every possible product or service. It's <clears throat> absurd uh, in, it, it could never work practically, but the hubris and the government knows bestism of it all, that's actually worse than the tax part. Yeah, if you told someone, if you, if you didn't, you know, if they, you told someone, here are two climate plans, and you didn't tell them which was from which party, and you said one plan, you know, the government claims they tax you, and then they give you a rebate, right, which you can spend whatever you want. And then the other plan, the government taxes you and then puts it into a fund and says you have to pick from only government approved items. You'd say, which one of those seems like a conservative, uh, you know, more individual freedom, you know, choice plan? And which one sounds like a big government, government knows best plan, right? Which one is the liberal or conservative plan? And most people would obviously assume the liberal plan was the one that tells you what you can and can't spend it on. But no, we have the situation reversed. So the conservatives have somehow flipped from saying they oppose a carbon tax at all to having a worse carbon tax idea than Justin Trudeau, which, and again, you know, I, I tweeted yesterday, look for which conservative MPs uh, tweet, uh, you know, tweet out Aaron O'Toole's announcement and tweet about it, and look for which ones stay silent, because mm -hmm. I really think that's going to tell you what's actually happening internally. Uh, I don't think people are happy. I don't think a lot of MPs are happy. And I think look for the ones who really just can't bring themselves to say anything about it. Those are the ones who I think are, uh, you know, they should push back. We'll see if they do. Yeah, you're so right. You know, I, I will name one name, Garnet Genuis, who's a young mm -hmm. MP from Northern Alberta. He really is in the heart of the oil patch. I know him a little bit, and I know his district a little bit. It really is oil and agriculture, both of which are energy intensive. And I know that his constituents would be massively against this. They are. To see him go out and burn up his credibility in support of a plan that will be rejected by voters that will never come to fruition, but he's willing to toot the horn of this awful idea just to please a Conservative Party leader who will never be Prime Minister. A Conservative Party leader who surprised him that he would take that script and read it, I find deeply disappointing. Where are the oil patch champions? Surely they ought to be raging behind closed doors. I, I don't propose that the party have a full-scale public airing of the laundry. Uh, I don't, I don't think they should have a public civil war, but if they are not within the party saying this can't proceed, then they all deserve to go down with the ship, frankly. I don't think Aaron O'Toole has a chance of being prime minister. The craziest thing is he's emphasizing this instead of winning issues in this crazy pandemic time we're in. Yeah, one thing I also said yesterday was, you know, you look at these MPs who they had the sprung on them. So first of all, that's complete uh, arrogance and a lack of respect for his colleagues by Aaron O'Toole, right, to just, and, you know, after running on, oh, I'm going to cut CBC funding, blah, 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 independent media, I totally support it. And then he leaks it, they leak it to the CBC and he doesn't <laughs> even tell his own people. I mean, that's that's disgraceful. And so then you expect them to go out and sell it. For, for the MPs, they have to have some self-respect, right? Yeah. You're supposed to go to Canadians and say, I'm going to stand up for you. I'm going to you know, govern in your interest. I'm going to do what's best for Canadians. Why would you trust someone who can't even stand up for themselves, right? Yeah. If they have no self-respect for themselves, they're not willing to push back on someone who really has treated them like absolute garbage. And then they go to the Canadian people and say, oh, we're going to stand up for you? Yeah, well, why would anyone believe in anyone? So they, there has to be some pushback. They have to do something about this because they other, otherwise they just look weak and really pathetic if they don't. Yeah. You know, I, what boggles my mind is that the whole global warming issue is so low on the uh, agenda of any Canadians. And I don't say that just based on a hunch or what I want to be the case. A few weeks ago, we showed a PCO, a Privy Council Office poll that was commissioned just for Trudeau that showed what the hot issues were. 
and global warming, climate change, whatever you want to call it, it was it would fluctuate between three and six percent. So 94 to 97 percent of Canadians have something else on their mind right now. The pandemic, unemployment, the lockdown, civil liberties, cancel culture, China crisis, U.S. border being closed, uh, quarantine hotels, whatever it is. 94 to 97% of Canadians are elsewhere. And by the way, those 3 to 6%, they're not really ready to stampede over to Aaron O'Toole. I can't believe he keeps on coming back to global warming. That's all he seems to want to talk about instead of these other crises in the country. I don't get it. Yeah, and look at the timing of it too. I mean, you just had Justin Trudeau being ripped to shreds by international media, which seems to be the only way that many Canadians actually pay attention to what's happening with things going wrong in Canada is to see the U.S. talk about it first, which is obviously disappointing. But uh, yeah, he was getting, you know, ripped to shreds. His incompetence was being revealed everywhere. I mean, it was a horrific news cycle for him. This week was turning out terrible. And then O'Toole says, you know, I'll, I'll help you out, buddy. I'll go, I'll go screw myself over and do a big announcement, draw all the attention, you know, to myself and look like a total fool and start splitting my party. So there you go, Justin, big help for you. So, you know, there's people in that party who are getting paid a lot of money to be strategists. And I wonder, you know, are they just a bunch of clowns and idiots? I mean, what, what are they doing? What, what do they, they wake up in the morning, go to work. What exactly are they doing every day? Yeah. I mean, they seem completely incompetent. And it's, you know, as you said, you know, people who are really concerned about that issue the most are probably not voting conservative in the first place. And then people who are kind of in the middle. Yeah, it's it's a concern for a lot of people, but not the biggest one. Well, the liberals are going to be able to say, hey, I mean, Aaron O'Toole is going to take away your rebates and he's going to put your money under control of a bunch of, uh, you know, big banks. How do you yeah. like that idea? It's just it's such an easy idea to attack. Yeah. And the liberal plan, I don't like the liberal plan, but it's much easier to explain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's a not, tax yeah. grab. I mean, it's it's not it's not great, but all it is is they're taking more money. Well, that's what all politicians do with this wacky. I, I call it a government Amazon because it they talk about having it like a loyalty card and menus and discounts and special deals. Like that's actually in the in the conservative party briefing notes, mm -hmm. special deals. And and the thing is, you're forced to buy from this government Amazon thing. I mean, just think of the questions. Where's the data going to be stored? What's the privacy of the data? Um, who will track every single thing you buy and, and, and sell? I, I had an idea. I mean, if there's something like a bicycle that's considered carbon friendly, even though I know steel has to be made by coal, can you mm -hmm. buy that to, to use up your carbon levy funds? but then take it right back and get a refund. There's so many little practical details. I can't believe, hey, let me throw one, sorry, you go ahead. You had a reaction to that, go ahead. No, I'm just, it's, this, this is the problem, right? I mean, what they say in politics is if you're explaining, you're losing, right? Yeah. So again, for the liberals, you don't have to like their plan. I don't like it at all. I don't think we need a carbon tax at all. But from a purely PR perspective, the liberals get to say, we tax you with, we, we impose the carbon tax and then we give you all your money back. They don't actually give all the money back, but, you know, they say it and it's easy to explain. Mm -hmm. The conservative plan is, I mean, look, you just made like a few jokes about it there. People on, the, on, on Twitter are making fun of it. It's just easy to rip to shreds. It's tough to explain. So it's just, it's, it's going to piss off his core supporters. It clearly is. It's going to piss off the base. It's going to piss off the West. And then it's a worse plan than Trudeau, right? So you go to the East and say, oh, we've got a great climate plan. Well, they're like, no, it's it's a trash plan, and we'll just stick with the liberal one. So, again, it's just it's absurd, and he's so drawn into whatever the establishment media is talking about, right? Yeah. It's just it's totally obsessed with the narrative the liberals are pushing. It's always defensive. It's always reactionary. No creativity. No outside the box thinking. No way to try to get the media cycle on his side or on the conservative issues. And it's just it's it's pure incompetence at this point. Yeah, you know, I saw one of those strategists you're referring to, Dan Robertson, on Twitter today saying. Well, the Harper plan that won in 2006, 2008, 2011 just doesn't work anymore. But I was thinking, well, hang on. Doug Ford, even though I have a lot of criticisms of him for his pandemic handling, he specifically ran against the carbon tax and he won. And so yeah. did the, uh, the premier to the west of him, Brian Pallister. And so did the premier to the west of, I think he's against carbon tax. You know, you know better, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're in Winnipeg, Scott Moe. Of Saskatchewan, strong against the carbon tax. Jason Kenney, again, despite all his flaws, against the carbon tax. So those are four 
conservative premiers who won. And I know that the Atlantic premiers and the Northern premiers had their uh, objections to the carbon tax on jurisdictional grounds too. Mm -hmm. I think he's trying to, I think he's losing courage. I don't know. I, I don't think you have to sign on to the number one liberal idea of our generation. I don't think you have to sign on to that to win as a conservative. In fact, as you described, you demoralize your base and you excite your opponents. Last word to you, Spencer. Yeah, I just it comes down to a question of trust, right? I mean, you know, I see old tool defenders trying to talk in a bunch of, you know, use a bunch of creative words and try to talk in circles around. He lied to people. Let's just be honest. He lied to everybody. He lied to the conservative party, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, you know, the people who supported him, everybody. And so, you know, he's going to say, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to stand up for, you know, gun owning Canadians. Okay, why, why would they trust him at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, is there going to be a bad story in the news that makes the liberals, you know, feel confident about taking more guns away? And then O'Toole's going to be like, oh, man, I'm kind of scared. The narrative's yeah. not going yeah. well for me. So yeah. maybe I'll change my mind on this one. Yeah. Uh, and then what other issue, right? Oh, deficit spending. He already says it's not going to balance the budget for, for 10 years. Uh, you know, tax cuts. Well, he's not talking much about tax cuts, is he? So... Why would anyone, you know, in the Conservative Party believe him on other conservative issues? And then for the Canadian people, the Liberals are going to have a very easy time saying, you know, Aaron O'Toole lied to his own people. So why would you trust him, right? I mean, yeah. there's no reason to trust him on any of the flips back and forth now, because what, just wait a week, maybe he'll change his position yeah. again. So, you know, people don't trust politicians already. But if you really go out of your way to lie blatantly to people in such an obvious way, then it makes it even worse for you. And O'Toole, I think, is really destroying his reputation. Yeah, it's very sad, very sad. I'm afraid he's going to hand the election to Trudeau again. Spencer Fernando, great to talk with you. Thanks for your time today. You're welcome. All right, there you have it. SpencerFernando.com is the website. you got to follow it. you got to sign up for the email updates. And, of course, if you're on Twitter, follow Spencer there. Stay with us. More ahead. Instead of reading your letters, and I appreciate your letters, I want to go directly to the 30-minute masterpiece that our editors put together about our experience in Montreal. This video I would have liked to have put on YouTube and sent to our 1.45 million subscribers there, but we put it on Rumble and it's doing pretty well, and I want you to see it directly. I say again, I get pretty angry in here. I use a swear. There's a couple other people swearing. Most of the swearing is done by bystanders, though, who are so mad at the way we were treated. It's incredible. We said some rough things about the Montreal police. I called them oath breakers. Uh, they were violent with us. I called them thugs. Um, I said they were cowards. And of course, they, they keep calling us Jew or Jew media, so I call them bigots. That's rough words for me, but I can assure you the bystanders, Montreal citizens, the words they had for their own police force were twice as sharp. I don't think the Montreal police force has the respect or support of their own citizens, and this video will show you why. Anyways, let me close with that. Thank you so much for your support. The rebel will live on. We will be strong. Whether it's the Montreal police or the YouTube coming for us, we will live. Here's the video. Come back with a warrant. And close the door, for God's sakes. Show some manners. I need somebody to be responsible for the boat. I don't. Yeah, you have him over there. Go get a warrant. If, if, if. Go get a warrant. No, I need my medicine. Okay, go with your friend now. Go. Why, why are you pushing go, me? Go, please. Why are you go, pushing please. me? I'm not pushing you. Go, sir. Go, sir, please. Hey, do not touch her, they will taser you. They have already arrested one of our reporters after physically assaulting him. This is the police brutality. We have come here to observe. And here they come. Crooked cops. Corrupt cops. You're pushing me with the bicycle. What's your fucking bike then? Are you kidding me? What's your fucking bike? Hey, hey, hey. Oh, this battle will take us years to fix. What the police did to us today must see its day in court. I'll be there. If you can give us the tools, we'll do the job. Please go to lockdownreports.com. Ezra Levant here in Montreal. You can see behind me 
literally dozens of police vehicles as well as police on bicycles, probably a hundred police officers are mustering in advance of the anti-lockdown rally that's set to begin in about an hour and a half. It'll be interesting to see if they have the same police brutality that we've seen in recent weeks from the SPVM, that's the Montreal Police. It'll also be interesting to see how they treat our reporters. In the past, they've assaulted, arrested, and even handcuffed our reporters for the crime of reporting on their lockdown suppression. We'll see and we'll have more for you at LockdownReports.com. the door for God's sakes. Show some manners. on that vote. Nobody? If nobody is responsible for that vote, I have the right to come in the premises. I need somebody to be responsible for the vote. I don't. Yeah, you have him over there. Go get a warrant. If you are, if, if. Go get a warrant. Get a warrant. Yes, I have a right to be here. Go get a warrant now. Go get a warrant. You're not going to get in without a warrant. Sir, how do you spell it? E. Z. R. A. And your last name is L E V A N T. T? The last letter is a T? That's right. But you will know me as plaintiff for suing you for assault and false arrest. M. Montagna, what's your badge number, please? All right, Mocha, want to give a quick update to the viewers? Yes, so here we are, and um, we're in Quebec, Montreal. We're here to cover the Montreal protest, and we rented this Airbnb because we're here 17 people. It's a big crew. We did night curfew reporting, and now we're gonna do Montreal reporting. The police officers ascend here. There were at least 40 police cops right there, and now they came here, they put key in handcuffs behind of a police car. They are, um, they are dealing with David right now. Ezra has been manhandled, he's over there. They won't let us have our breakfast. Our door is locked. They don't have a warrant. They still wanna, they are trying to pull a um, Jedi mind tricks on us, saying, oh, if there's nobody responsible in the boat, we will just enter, which is bullshit. We have, we have seen them um, before many times brutalizing citizens. They are dangerous people. They are thugs with badges, thugs with weapons. So we have to, stay vigilant we have to record every movement they make every each individual officer is going to be sued we have captured them okay we see kian he's making the peace there you go kian kian's unarrested now hands free uh, there's our team member there behind him no reason for him to be in handcuffs um anyways he wasn't violent they took him he walked with them and then they they basically slammed him towards the police car four police officers for no reason he's not a violent man none of us are violent here but the, the only violence is being inflicted by the police officers here today by quebec by montreal police officers and as you can see the little convoy coming up on the second floor over there yeah they a can bunch bring of as police much vehicles as, as men they want the more the merrier that they're gonna get sued of course these intimidation tactics 
these illegal acts by the thugs with batches are not going to deter us from our mission to report the truth wherever it is we will be there quebec alberta ontario british columbia yukon wherever it is you can go back on the boat right now okay so you're going to ask me to wait there or i can go back on no, the boat you can't go back on the boat and why is that because there's an intervention and uh, some investigators on the case are in the case right now for uh, the next thing that will happen so right now you cannot go back on the boat you can take your uh, breakfast if you want you can eat, eat the, the breakfast there or on the bench well i need to get my medicine on the boat are you saying i can't get my medicine what is your medicine can someone... you think i'm gonna goddamn tell you my medicine who the hell do you think you are some, somebody can fetch the medicine for you sir no they can't okay I'm going to get my medicine. I'm going to me get my medicine. You're going to go with a police officer if you want to go. You're not. You, you, you need Without a search warrant. You need a warrant. I, I need a I search warrant. I will get warrant. a warrant. I'm, try I'm, getting, I'm getting a warrant. No problem. If you want to get inside, you go with a police officer. I'm going to get my medicine. With a police officer. A police officer will not see my medicine. Okay, no problem. You don't go. You What's need an ambulance? You need an ambulance? No, I need my medicine. Okay, go with your friend now. Go. Why? Why are you pushing go, me? Go, please. Why are you go, pushing please. me? I'm not pushing you. You're pushing me no, with no, your no, hand. You're assaulting me. No, go, go this way, sir. It's all, all, everything is filmed. Okay. It's not filmed. Go. Go, sir. Go, sir. Please. Thank you. Let him be. What the hell is that for? You know, officers. Ten years ago, I was at the demilitarized zone in uh, Korea. This is, I'm getting a real North Korean vibe here. I just wonder if you guys are proud of yourselves. Putting up your little bicycles like a, a wall. Unbelievable. And you can see here, just standing by, waiting to get inside entry for some reason. Presumably to detain and arrest all of us, but uh, we'll, we'll keep going live. So there's our videographer being harassed by the local law enforcement. You know, despite this being a private parking, That the Montreal police really hate it when you record their un unjust conducts. And that's one of our cameramen, just for the viewers, man. Just so you guys know. They're escalating the situation to have something to do. So you guys literally just saw that shoving our camera guy. Hands off our guy! Hey, tell your officer to get the hands off our guy. So we're being siphoned off here. Yellow tape, cautioned. Keep us in a little makeshift jail because we're such dangerous people. Reporting. See, so yeah, currently our people are in a makeshift show. Don't they know walls don't work? But let me tell you what I told these thugs earlier today. They asked me my name and I told them my name. And I asked them their names and they told me their names. And I said, we are going to get to know you intimately because we are going to sue you forever. We are going to sue these thugs forever for assault, for false imprisonment, for abuse of office. And you know what else? For being a racist bunch of thugs. And why do I call them racist? Because again and again, when Montreal police accost our reporters, you know what they call us? Jew media. Are you a Jew, they say. These thugs, when they see us on the street, say, are you Jew media? Well, most of our reporters are not, but I am, sir. And I will see you in court for your bigotry. I will get to know them intimately.
because we are going to spend years together and I will see your wicked faces no matter what your masks are. My name is Ezra Levant and I work with dozens of independent journalists who don't take a dime of money from any government. And that is the reason why we can show you the police brutality. Thug, thug, come here. Coward, come here. Come on camera, you bigoted bully. Come on camera. These cowards are pretty freaking brave when the cameras aren't on, which is why they raided our Airbnb. But when the cameras are rolling, they run and hide. Run and hide, coward. This raid on our journalists will not stand. If you want to help us fight back journalistically, if you want to help us fight back legally, go down to LockdownReports.com. That's LockdownReports.com. My name is Ezra Levant, and if you think I'm mad, I have only just begun. Go to LockdownReports.com. Cowards, come forward. Cowards, show your faces. I hope you, I hope you do it. Oh, let's say, make sure you guys get the plate of these cops. Yeah. Yeah, that one going there. The backup goons are on their way. The backup goons. Go cover Menzies. Hey, oh, really? Oh, here comes the real Go cover him. Did you touch him? Did you touch him? Why did you touch him? No, we didn't. No, no, he drove into me. He drove into me. Are you hiding your name? Here are the thugs. Here are the thugs. non-lethal weapons they will taser you they have already arrested one of our reporters after physically assaulting him this is the police brutality we will come here to observe and here they come here come the thugs here come the Why? 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 Why?
Crooked cops, corrupt cops. You're pushing me with a bicycle. What's your fucking bike then? Are you kidding me? What's your fucking bike? Hey, hey, hey. Wash your fucking hands, hey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're very tough. Good job. You can push a girl. Good job. Thank you. Good job. Look at strong man over here. Don't touch my phone. Excuse me. No, I want to see your name. Thank you. There's their names. Thank you. Wait, 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 wait. Have they? That's it, that's it. You're doing good work. Oh, so are you. You feel good? You're a disgrace. That's why you hide your face. Who's the one who called us Jew media? You call us Jew media. I am a f***ing Jew. I am a Jew media. I will show you Jew media, these crooked bigots, when they came to our reporters, they called us Jew media. They asked if we were Jews. They're anti-Semitic, crooked, and corrupt. Shame on them, these wicked men and women. Let's go. Where am I moving to? Move back. Where? What? And why? Back. Back. Why? Back. I'm asking you why. I'm asking you hey, don't why. Push. Don't 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 push. Where are we going? Where are we going? Almost there. Oh, this is so stupid. What was our crime? We can't stand there, but we can stand here. This is okay? Back. This is okay? Move. Oh, so this is good. Oh, so now we're safe. Yeah, this is good? You guys are satisfied? You guys are satisfied? You feel good? Look at you. Get Why your did you take a mask to show us your thighs? Thank you. Beautiful. And you guys are satisfied now that we're standing here? This is good? Yeah. Put your mask above your nose, you fucking time. Put your mask above your nose. Give him a ticket. You give me a ticket for not wearing a mask. Give him a ticket for improperly wearing it. Put it above your nose, or it's ineffective. As the Levant here, I'm in the beautiful fort in Old Montreal. It's a gorgeous day today, and you can see down there is a houseboat that's actually an Airbnb. It's a registered mini hotel, capacity 21, and we rented that out for 17 of our rebel reporters who are coming to Montreal to cover the anti-lockdown protests and the police brutality in response to them. There was about 50 cops here earlier. They called it a crime scene. They wouldn't let me back into the boat. They demanded everyone else get off the boat. They searched everyone as they got off the boat, which I'm sure is illegal, but they still haven't got that warrant. So they haven't went on the boat. I, I asked them, and we got our lawyer down here pretty quick. I asked them, what exactly is the charge? What crime are you saying we committed? I know what our crime is. We committed journalism that they didn't like. We scrutinized the Montreal police. You know what they said? They said it was an illegal gathering. It's not a gathering, it's a hotel. And we were under capacity, what a stretch. But this is vengeance for us criticizing police brutality. By the way, they've also arrested David Menzies. Right now, he's in one of those police vehicles. We're trying to get him out, our lawyers on the scene. And that's an update, a very bizarre day. But uh, And it stopped us from giving as much coverage to the big protests as we wanted. But by the same token, I think we proved our point in spades, didn't we? We showed the police brutality. 
that you just can't trust the Montreal police. They're too corrupt. Now, we're going to have a lot of legal bills to defend ourselves against this bizarre attack, to get David out of whatever they're going to charge him with, but also to go on the offensive against Montreal for their abusive policing. If you can help with any of that, please go to LockdownReports.com. This battle will take us years to fix. What the police did to us today must see its day in court. I'll be there. If you can give us the tools, we'll do the job. Please go to LockdownReports.com. Thanks. It's 7.42 p.m., another beautiful night in Montreal. Look how gorgeous it is. But I've spent the last 10 or 11 hours kicked off this Airbnb houseboat that we paid for because a group of Montreal police demanded access to the boat for no probable cause with no search warrant. That's the gate right there. I told them to get lost without a search warrant. So they turned the whole place into a crime scene literally putting up criminal do not pass police tape. They arrested my friend David Menzies and held him in a police station for hours. And they roughed up, well, they even pushed me around a little bit and Kean Bexty too. Trouble is, they couldn't find a judge to sign their cockamamie search warrant because we did nothing wrong. We rented an Airbnb that had a capacity of 21 and there were only 17 of us here and we were just having breakfast. It's really a hotel, that's all. So I'm very happy to say I'm back on the boat. I don't know if you can tell that I'm literally on the boat. There's three cops down there, but you know, they're just enjoying the overtime they're making. And um, you know, we're gonna retake the boat. We're on the high seas. I mean, my nickname at Rebel News is the Rebel Commander. So I guess I'm the commander of a boat again. Anyways, the police disgraced themselves. I'm glad that we didn't knuckle under to their bullying. And I'm sorry that David Menzies was put into custody so illegally. Uh, I still love Montreal. In fact, I love it even more because now I know how badly it's been victimized by police. It does not deserve this awful police force that it has. And, and they're frankly shameful. And if they think they're gonna stop us from reporting on their brutal policing of the lockdown, they're dead wrong. And they're gonna have to do a bit better than they did today. We still have a lot of legal bills. We're told that massive fines will be coming to us in the mail. We're gonna to have to fight them. And I think we have to go on the offensive too. Please help us with that. I can't fight this fight alone. We're massively overspent. You saw that outspent like a hundred to one. You saw what they had going on today. So if you can, please go to lockdownreports.com. Thanks very much, everybody. We had a win today. Let's savor it. I'm sorry you went hey, through what right. you went through. You You're a hero for journalism, <laughs> oh, a hero you. for free speech, <laughs> a hero for the rule of law. You're a hero for Rebel News and a hero to me. <laughs> a hero for the concussion industry. <laughs> you know, I'm so sorry you went through what you did. It was surreal. It but was... Uh, everybody saw, the world saw it. I hate the fact that you too often have been the target of police violence. And I pledge to you as the boss of Rebel News and as your friend that we will seek justice for you. It, through taking legal proceedings against the police. Ezra, you, you don't have to make that pledge. You always have our backs here, so thank you, man. I look at today, some might see a failure. Our time was wasted. We've incurred many thousands of dollars in legal fees. It stressed everyone out, 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 and worst of all, you spent hours in jail. That's a failure to most people, but I believe it's a success in one way. It proved our thesis yes. that the Montreal police is corrupt, that they're brutal, and that other journalists in this city and indeed this country don't care about freedom of the press. So your sacrifices, and thank God you look like, although it was rough, you look like you're, you're not deeply injured. Um, Inside I'm crying. <laughs> listen, you've got such a good sense of humor about everything, but my point is, what you personally experienced proves our thesis more than anything about the rotten state of affairs. So let's get you back on the boat. Sure. We retook the boat. Let's get you at your feet I'm up so and have a drink. Uh, and you know what? We did have a win in the end. 
and I'm glad you're okay, my friend. Well, thank you. I have to come back to this uh, city that is normally beautiful. In May, I have to get mug shots and fingerprints and uh, the whole rigmarole. But, you know, Ezra, you know, we've seen bad behavior by policing the world over. A Avi Amini getting tackled in Australia. The right. UK, that's another level. You know, Toronto acting up pretty badly since January. This is another level. Yeah. This is, it, it, you know... Uh, I'm saying this with a degree of naivety. The only experience I've ever had with the Montreal Police Service is uh, via Just for Laughs Gags, oh, one yeah. of my favorite shows. Yeah. And I thought, what an incredible police service giving their cruisers their uniforms mm. to the comedians to do these elaborate pranks. Yeah. I could never see Toronto yeah. doing that. And so I always thought they had this kind of like jocularity about yeah, them. Yeah, no, they're vicious. The, yeah, that's a PR exercise. This is the real Montreal Police, yeah. Ezra. But uh, I'm, I'm glad... Uh, all's well that ends well. I'm glad you got the boat bag in my presence. I, I can't hardly wait to hear that story.